Hello, this is Mike McDivitt, interim pastor of the New Hope Baptist Church. Today we are going to start in Luke chapter 47, if you would. And uh, Jonah's lesson to the modern day Christian. We're going to be speaking about, but we're going to start in the New Testament, if you would. In Luke chapter... 24. Let's have a word of prayer before we get started. Oh, dear Father, thank you for this day you've given us, Lord, and I pray you would just help us as we uh, get into your word, Lord, to be able to uh, get something from you from it, Lord. We thank you for all that you've done for us this week. I ask these things in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, Luke chapter 24. We're going to read two sets of verses before we go back into Jonah, if you would. We're going to start here in Luke chapter 24 and verse 47. And it says, let me see here, I've got to adjust my light so I can read my Bible a little better here. And that repentance and remissions of sins should be preached in the name among all, in his name, excuse me, among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Then we're going to go back here to Matthew chapter 28. And verse 18, and it says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. So, basically both renditions of what? The Great Commission. Something that we are commanded to do. It really wasn't a suggestion. It was a command. For us to uh, do in the day in which we live. Saying that. Let's turn to Jonah. Keeping those things in mind. And remember, in their command, they are a... uh, a word from the Lord. Jonah chapter 1, first couple verses, now the word of the Lord. Notice that, the word of the Lord, just like we had just read, if I can speak today, just like we had read in those two portions of scripture. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go into Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. Jonah here, um, in this day and age here, way back then, this says it was probably around 862 B.C. I don't say B.C.A., like before Common Era, no way. I want to say B.C., before Christ, right? A.D., out of Domini, not out after Common Era, no way. But way that, you know, long time ago, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, when Jonah was living, basically Nineveh was the enemy of the Jews. They had done some horrible things to the Jews. It was a huge city at that time. And God told him to go to that city and to cry against it for their wickedness has come up before me. 
So the word of the Lord told him to go and, and to tell them what God was going to do if they didn't repent, basically, we're going to find out later. Just like we're commanded to do in this modern day and age. And I want you to remember two things also along with this. The purpose of the Jews at that time, since Abraham uh, was to hold the name of the Lord in front of the world at that time. A small group of people that was still holding to God's word when everybody else turned away from it were blessed and commanded because of that. A responsibility came with that to hold God's name in front of the world. New Testament, what we just had, have uh, read in Matthew and in Luke and telling other people about God, about Christ, about the gospel is a remarkable privilege and honor and responsibility. And like God, the Bible says, much learned, much required, right? And our responsibility was like theirs was at that time. To do what? Our, the church of the modern day is to hold God's name in front of the world in both word and deed. If we don't live it and we tell people how to be saved, they don't want what you have. And if we live it but don't tell it, what's the point? We need to tell them how to be saved, how what Christ had done for them in the gospel. I've come to this this week because of watching all the looting and rioting and hatred and and you know I know we started it out with that man being killed and now we're we're ending it with or not, not maybe not even the end of it all people being killed police being killed other people being hurt and killed by looters and what I kept thinking to myself is we as a church have not done our job we have not reached our country like we were supposed to and if those people were genuinely saved and both sides, none of this would have happened. So we have a great work to do, don't we? And when I look at this uh, lessons from Jonah, a lot of times we just think about the fish that swallow Jonah, right? There's a lot more in this chapter, in this book rather, than just that. That is one thing. There's so much in this chapter that we can apply to us today. So he's told to go tell them. Well, let's see one thing that, that, that kind of comes to fruition in our own lives in verse three. And it says, but that's nah, bad when you see that in the Bible. But usually it says, and then Jonah went. No, it's not what it says. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa. And he found a ship going to Tarshish so that he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went the opposite way. He thought he was going to... That's kind of stupid to think you could run from the presence of the Lord anyway. But he was going to flee away from what God had told him to do. Remember, God had told him to go to Nineveh and tell them. Instead, he runs. And goes the other way. Now he was going. That was that was the Jews' enemy. Now I'm not saying all the people that 
where to go to and so consider them in the same light. But I see the modern day Christian not going and telling. And the church went from in America being an influence both in how they lived and how what they spoke of and influence so that people would follow God. And then we wonder why people aren't following God. And I'm looking at myself too. How many people have we told this week, prayed about? How many people have we really had a heart that, man, they, they need saved and and try to change our country for, for uh, the Lord and have his influence on our country again? I think we've slipped up. A lot of us have, have, have disengaged ourselves from people that we're supposed to be caring about. Here, God cares about Nineveh, even though it doesn't seem like it at these three verses, but he does. And we'll see here in a few verses. God cares about your neighbor, about the people you work with, and where to go tell them. Where to go tell them. So, he rebels. He's told to tell them. He does not tell them. Let's look at a couple other lessons here. Jonah 1 again. We're going to go 9 through 12. And he said unto them, I am in Hebrew. Well, now first, let's back up here a second. Um, a storm comes. They know that it it has to, it's it's kind of an, 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 a different um, storm, apparently. And they want to know whose fault this is, especially at this time, they would think of it this way. Verse 9 says, and after, after considering that, verse 9, and he said unto them, after they're asking him who he is, I'm in Hebrew, and I fear the Lord. Number one, he does he fear the Lord? He's running from the Lord. I don't know. The, the God of the heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land, and were the man uh, exceedingly afraid. Then were the men exceedingly afraid, excuse me, and he said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he had fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Then said they unto him, What shall we do unto thee? That the sea may be calm unto us, for the sea is wrought and tempestuous. And he said unto them, Take me up and cast me forth into the sea. So shall the sea be calm unto you. For I know that for my name's this great tempest has come upon you. Notice something. We're going to find out. God is going to give Nineveh a chance. He's, he's, uh, they, they have rebelled, and he's going to give them an opportunity through, uh, through, through his man, even though it doesn't seem to be his man at the moment. And at this point in time, he's telling them to throw him overboard. What do they do? Verse 15, so they took up Jonah, and cast him forth into the sea. And the sea ceased from the raging. I believe since he was going to, he is going to give Nineveh another chance, that all Jonah had to do, instead of what he is about, what he told him to do, and has been done to him, thrown into the sea, he would rather die than tell the Ninevites about God, and God's going to judge them if they don't get right. Because he knows God, is powerful enough to convict them to the point where if they choose, they will repent 
and God will spare them. He doesn't want them spared. So he'd rather die. All he had to do was tell those sailors, you know what? I need to repent and get on his knees and repent and said, okay, I'm going to go back on the next ship back. But he doesn't do that. He says, you cast me into the sea. Well, that should have been it, right? Commit suicide, jump into the sea, or be thrown into the sea, but still, he's willing to die. God isn't done with him. Now in verse 17, the Lord has prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. God doesn't let him die. He's got a work for him to do. He's going to give him another opportunity, even though it doesn't seem to be through this means. When I thought about this, I thought, what kind of fish does God in other ways, going to prepare for us in our country in this time. If we don't do what we're supposed to be doing, like we're commanded to do, and tell people about him, to change our country. There's been revivals in the past, like in Wales, and in the beginning of our country. Some great revivals when people have repented and when they have gotten right. Or like over in China, their great whale was communism coming in. and They went from a few thousand people being saved, being persecuted, up to 70-some million, now up to 100 million low estimates. It's remarkable. God forbid, I, I don't really want to see that kind of thing come here. But what kind of great fish has he prepared for us in our country? It's kind of scary, isn't it? think we better get busy, shouldn't we? Well, then what do we do? We don't leave it there, right? We don't leave it there. Now he's in a fish's belly. Now we wonder what's going to happen here in our country. We haven't done our responsibility. Jonah didn't do his responsibility. Jonah has some great lessons for us. Chapter 2, verse 1, first 1. It's where you start. Reset button time, right? Verse 1 of chapter 2. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord, his God, out of the fish's belly. Prayer. Bible reading and prayer, right? Reset button time. How do we change direction? How do we get a heart for people? How do you love their souls like Christ loves their souls? And John 3.16, for God so loved who? What's that verse say? For God so loved, what? The world. Right? We're supposed to be like Jesus, right? How do we do that? Well, let's start very simply through prayer. Some great revivals are started this way. And we can have a revival in our own hearts and in our own churches by this starting point, this reset button, prayer. What else? Verse 9. But I will sacrifice. Remember, this is Jonah talking out of this fish's belly. But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. His vow was what? To do what God said. 
And he's talking about salvation. He knows that that's what he wants for Nineveh, let alone Jonah himself. I believe Jonah is a follower of God, but he needs saved from himself. Ninevites need saved from going after false gods to the one and true only God. Jonah knows he can do it. You know this country, some people say that it's too late. We've passed that point of no return. I don't believe that. It's the same God back then in 860-some B.C. as there is today in 2020. Same God. Same Word of God. Starting with prayer and reading our Bibles, point two is repent and tell people about this salvation. Jonah repented. How do we know he repented? Not only those verses, but then it says later on here that he, and I know it sounds very strange, but, well, let's read it instead of that. Verse 10, it says, And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. Where do you think it did? Pretty close to Nineveh, apparently, as we're about to read. Sounds kind of gross, doesn't it? <laughs> Sometimes when we give, when we come out of our of our inactivity and of our our sin of not doing what God wants us to do, it's kind of gross. We uh, we need to be cleaned up a little bit, and then get out and get busy. But here, Jonah prayed. Jonah repented. God's about to give him another chance. Now let's look, let's look in Jonah chapter 3 in the first few verses. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time saying, Oh, he's going to give him our chance. He's going to speak to him again. Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. So Jonah arose and went into the Nineveh According to the word of the Lord, now Nineveh was exceeding great city of three days' journey. And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey. It took a whole day to get into the center of that city. And he cried and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So what did he do? He did the work. He did what God told him to do. I don't think we need to turn back there. But in Matthew, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I think not only do we need to get on our knees and pray, we not only need to get in his word and repent, turning away from what we weren't doing and to what we should be doing, but then to do the work. Believing something's true and knowing what's right is nothing if we don't put feet on it. We need to put feet on those prayers. We put feet on those prayers in our country. What can happen? We start influencing and infecting our country with God. What can happen? Well, let's look and see. We're kind of running out of time here. Let's look and see real quickly. Verse 5. So the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth. 
from the great greatest of them, even unto the least of them. For the word came unto the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, and he laid his robe from him, and covered him with sackcloth and ashes, and he caused it to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything, and let them not feed nor drink water, but let men let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn every one from his evil way, from the violence that is in their hands. Who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not? And God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way, and God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them, and he did it not. It's remarkable. Now in the next chapter, Jonah gets upset that they repented. We're not going to get into that. But the lessons here is, not only do we need to do what God says, go tell people, but because we have not done that, let's start out with prayer. Let's repent. Let's do the work. Tell people. And guess what can happen? This is what happened here, revival. Some theologians said this is probably, with the size of the city, one of the greatest revivals ever known in the history of mankind, numerically, at one point in time. Isn't that remarkable? Isn't that remarkable? We can have revival. I think it would probably be the equivalent of you walking into New York City, walking into the center of it, telling them to repent, and the whole city becoming followers of God and getting saved at, at short in short order. Could you imagine that? That is remarkable. But that's what can be done. And sometimes I think that we think it's too late or we get our hearts hardened to the point where we don't really care if they go to heaven or hell. But we're supposed to be. And that starts with prayer getting in the word, and then God will put the burden on your heart. And then as you spend time with him in prayer and you're in the word, as you spend time repenting to him for not doing those things, and, and me too, our churches, to do this. And then we do the work. We get out there and tell people about him. Hey, all you need is, is some scripture. How about just like we had mentioned, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And then get some verses in Romans, Romans 10, 9, 10, and 13, and tell people how to be saved. Saved from what? Saved from their sins. And we can really do a great work in this country and turn it around from these, these terrible things that's happened, from the gentleman that died, Mr. Floyd, to these people that are destroying cities, supposedly, in the name of that, to getting our country back on course again. Don't you think? If there's one thing that can be written across the Bible, it's the word love. It's the word mercy. And this thing we call the gospel, the birth, the life, 
the death, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, so that we can, if we just but ask him into our hearts, repenting of our sins, turning away from them, turning to him, understanding he's God and asking him into our heart and life, that we become a new creation, new creature. Old things pass away, all things new. And if we can affect and infect our country in that way, we will do a mighty work for him. He will prepare our hearts, and he must have prepared the hearts of Nineveh, and he will, through prayer, prepare the hearts of our country. And we can do a great work in our areas, can't we? I think we can. And then do the work. Do the work. Sometimes us Christians are afraid of that work word, right? That's a four-letter word. Starts with W, ends with K, work. But it's a good thing. And we're not going to turn our Second Chronicles 7.14, of course, in the country's repentance and what he will do for us. Well, that's 25 minutes, a little bit past what I usually like to do. But we had spoken about this in church this morning, and I thought this is appropriate, especially after this week. Some great lessons we could learn off of Jonah to be able to get our country back in order. It's been a long time, I think. I think this has been a long time in coming. This hasn't happened overnight, right? But I tell you what, God can change hearts, and that's what needs to be changed first. We want the actions changed, right? Well, first got to get the hearts of men changed. And there's only one that can do that, and that's God himself. So we're going to end it there. And I pray that you will tell somebody this week. Remember, in Matthew and in Luke, he told us we're supposed to. Or get a Bible track that tells somebody how to be saved if you're shy. Start there, but then don't don't stop there. Keep on pressing yourself, pushing yourself, stretching yourself to be able to tell people because I tell you what, it's very important. Their souls are at stake, my friend. Let's have a word of prayer. Dear Father, I just thank for this day you've given us. And I pray, Father, that you will help us to be the kind of Christians we're supposed to be. We'll tell people like we're supposed to. And the Lord, we can change our country around. We thank you for all that you've given us. Thank you for the blessings that uh, sometimes we just overlook every day. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay. Well, I hope you guys have a great week. And let's pray for our country, folks. And let's do some work so we can change it. All right? You guys have a great week. See you next week.